naturally occurring psychoactive compound, psilocybin, is found in over 200 species of mushrooms. Despite their millennia of use by humans for mental and spiritual well-being, they have been classified falsely among the most dangerous and illegal of substances. Locked away from those who need them most. The Psilocybin Chronicles documents the individuals who courageously consume, collect, or cultivate these mushrooms to improve the quality of their lives. Won't you join us as we welcome the return of psilocybin? Welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. I am your host, Eric Osborne. This podcast is intended for education and harm reduction purposes only. The Psilocybin Chronicles, Michael Meditations, nor myself condone any illegal activity. Michael began his career in New York City working in the private client services business at a Wall Street bank in 1999. Over the next 10 years, he held various positions with the division including corporate cash management strategist and middle market fixed income product manager. In 2009, he moved to Chicago to work on the high-grade credit desk, selling corporate bonds to Midwest institutional investors. He has since moved on to smaller, more entrepreneurial platforms while maintaining a focus on those clients and the credit products. Won't you join me in welcoming Michael to the Psilocybin Chronicles. All right, Michael, welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, pleasure. So let's uh, imagine we get to take mushrooms with anyone from anywhere, anytime. Who would that be for you and why? So I thought about this one, and I there are so many obvious personalities, characters in the past that, you know, Einstein or Galileo or even like Stephen Hawking, you know, some, some people more contemporary. But the more I thought about it, I thought it would be really cool to go back in time and give my dad mushrooms when he was like hmm. 30 years old. And um, I think mostly I landed on that one and didn't move because he, he was born in 45, so he missed the counterculture revolution. And so he kind of grew up a little more in the doo-wop era mm-hmm. and his ideas. He's a good man and he's got good ethics and he works hard, but he just, uh, his ideas are just a little bit old fashioned. They always were. And, and I always felt like, you know, he's so smart and could have used, you know, to have his barriers broken down. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and it would just have been really interesting. It would have been funny too to watch, obviously, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just to see kind of some of the things that he would do. But uh, but yeah, I think more than watching him trip, I think the the real interest for me would be in how his ideas in life would be shaped after mm-hmm. the mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I've thought about this tripping with my dad, and we're similar age, you know, and at least my father in the South, you know, we had a lot of that tough it out be a tough man be a tough guy and just tough it out kind of stuff you know and i've I've often thought that for men of our father's generations that could have been a helpful tool to kind of nurture some compassion you know yeah Uh, here's kind of a funny story actually i didn't think of until now but when he was dropping me off at college freshman year my uh roommate to be had a sister that already went there and she told us, oh, you know, I know you guys will like this, but there's a, like a little head shop 
on Marshall Street, or you know, it's right off Marshall Street in Syracuse. And she said, you know, go in there and you can find little pipes and cool tie-dyes and stuff. She knew we were into that stuff, 17, 18 years old, whatever. So my dad's walking us around and we walk in. And I think it had to have been the first time he'd ever seen anything like this. Tie-dyes, leather, like bongs everywhere. <laughs> and he just looks at me and he goes, Jesus Christ, Michael, I'm getting out of here. And he like scurried out. <laughs> you know, he didn't even last an entire 60 seconds. You're going to so. have to talk him into eating mushrooms, buddy. <laughs> That's going to be a tough sale. <laughs> I promise. It'll be good. I thought you were going to say Matt Damon because then you'd be tripping with yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> anyway, all right. That's yeah. a little joke here for the week for us. <laughs> no, so let's talk about when you first even heard of Magic Mushrooms. Can you remember yeah. when that was? <sighs> um, so my high school, the end of my high school experience was uh, sort of one where we my friends and I were getting more interested in, you know, going to see the Grateful Dead or, you know, we'd heard about these other jam bands like Fish. Um, and uh, and we always liked to go to concerts and stuff like that. But I don't think that I really heard about them uh, or that people would eat mushrooms that, you know, it was like, oh, people eat mushrooms that grow off of cow shit and then they trip. And I was like, what? And that was probably like my sophomore year in college. And so obviously we had to get our hands on some of those. <laughs> um, and we did. And, and uh you know, it wasn't, I just thought I'm eating poison, but people say it's great. So I've got to mm-hmm. try it. And, uh, that, as you might imagine, wasn't really that interesting because we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't go in with any, any, uh, we didn't go in with the right expectations and intentions. Um, and so, and so it wasn't really that interesting. And, um, I, I would say that as far as this, the, you know, Syracuse University, I would argue, based on conversations that I had and stuff, it was definitely a little more readily available than people I knew from high school that went to other schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't really, it wasn't really something I did a lot of. It was around. I tried it a couple times, but really didn't. I, I liked it, but I didn't get it much out of it. Mm-hmm. So what brought you to psilocybin as a kind of an an intentional tool? Yeah. So so college is over. Life happens. You know, I uh, I still enjoyed my socialization, partying, concerts, all that kind of thing. But uh, as, as my brother once joked to me, you know, dude, I think I'm done doing drugs that, you know, require me to reintroduce myself to society. And I always thought that was funny. You know, I, I had a relatively serious job and I thought a pretty serious life. Um, and so, yeah, no, I, that wasn't something that I did after that, that brief time in college. And, and years and years had gone by. And, um, well, I guess, you know, I guess I would say about 10 years ago, my wife and I at the time, wife at the time went through uh, a little bit of a family tragedy, which we struggled very much to get through personally, uh, individually and, and as a couple, uh, and as time wore on, you know, I'd say maybe two years after the fact, we just, uh, it was just too much for our marriage and we split up. So we were we were just physically separated, not living in the same place, still somewhat friendly, um, but kind of just uh, trying to figure it all out, which for me involved quite a bit of alcohol consumption and running around the city. And, you know, I had a, a group of younger friends that I ran around with and, and they're great, but I kind of wasn't growing as a person. I wasn't moving forward. Um, and I definitely began to drink too much. Uh 
almost to the point where it was going to start affecting my career. It was affecting some interpersonal relationships for sure. Uh, and so in June of 17, which uh, is almost exactly 18 months ago, I decided I had had my last drink. Um, and uh, various resources on the internet um, helped me get through that, amongst other things. Um, but anyway, you know, the more I read about people that have, have quit drinking or that have had luck quitting drinking, um, I had come across psychedelics as as um, a helpful tool for some people who had done the same. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. That's cool. I Also, by the way, um, just to step back, I was a psych major. So I always did have a little bit of interest in psychology um, and uh, neurology, neuroscience, all that kind of thing. Um, so that was, I think, the first time I had... Uh, Re- reacquainted myself or refamiliarized myself mm-hmm. and obviously you know being 42 or 43 whatever i was at the time I, I i was looking at it a little more seriously than just gobbling up in a dorm room and run around campus um and so it almost became something that i was um researching it went from like oh that's interesting to let me keep looking into this because this seems like it could be something that could be helpful in more ways than just you know quitting the drinking um because i did start to feel like okay it was extremely helpful to stop drinking and move beyond that stage of my life. I, I finally, you know, I finalized the divorce, but I still felt a little bit stuck. And I think that's what, you know, I, I initially said to you in my conversation was I just, I, I feel stuck in life. Like I know I want to do something else or do something more, but it was just this feeling that I was being weighed down by all of these, these things in my past. Um, and I think it was a simple Google search that, that, you know, led me here. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the path. Uh, so, well, let's talk about what those experiences this week unfolded like. Um, yeah, sure, sure. Um, yeah, so I, I was super excited about getting down here, and I and I, I would think I was pretty good about doing all of uh, all of the research and gobbling up all of the information I can get my hands on. You know, it was kind of one of those things where, like, I I found this and I thought. Oh man, that's something I definitely want to do. And I, and then I look and it's like, everything's booked, you know, because I felt like if I could in this moment say, okay, I'm going to go there in two weeks, that would have been easy, you know, but then I saw, okay, it's going to take a little bit of commitment. And, you know, I worried, am I going to still want to do this in six months and everything Mm -hmm. else? And so I figured, okay. And, and it wasn't necessarily a great time for me to travel calendar wise, but I just said, you know, what could possibly be more important than my well being and feeling good? And so regardless of my career obligations or, or whatever else I might have going on, I said, you know, screw it, doing it. And anyway, so getting here, getting here, I think, um, I guess I would say I probably uh, was taking it so seriously. I mean, I don't, you, you'd probably agree that I was. I mean, I was like straight face and like my eyes squinting like, okay, <laughs> let's, let's trip because I'm going to figure. You were intent, I'll yeah, say that. Yeah, like I, I know what I want to do. I know what I want to be told and I want, I want the... Uh, I want the God to tell me that I have to do X, Y, or Z. And so, yeah, I had expectations. I had things I wanted to see and, and you know, I couldn't wait to uh, experience ego death and, and all these things that you read about. And, uh, and so I guess I'll start the first night, uh, went with the three grams, um, and I lay there on the mat and I had my music and I had my eye shades and uh and the experience was terrific and uh 
when I closed my eyes, I saw, you know, the little monkey face or the Joker or, you know, the, the fractals and, you know, some of the, uh, some of the Mayan designs and that kind of thing. Um, but I also felt like I didn't really dive deep into the psychedelic world. I felt like, okay, I have a good feeling in my heart and, and I feel light and happy and I'm, and I'm getting the visuals and the music's great, but I, but I thought I needed to do more. Mm-hmm. So night two, um, was going to double that to six and that was super. Well, actually let me take a step up before I get to night six. I, I definitely, the next day woke up with uh, sort of a lightness in my heart. And I remember saying to you like, Oh my God, I woke up this morning and instead of thinking, well, I've got to plan out my, not only the next two hours of my life, but I've got to plan out the next 20 years. And I was like, wow, I don't have to think about this every day. Like it it was just like, I woke up and laid on a hammock out there and stared up at a tree and I was like, this is enough. This is enough for right now. I can go get some coffee later, but I don't need to think about anything else. Mm And I hadn't felt that in a long time, and that was great. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm a believer. I'm, I'm buying this so far. Let me go deeper. And uh, and then we doubled it the next night, and I was intent this time on doing the whole, you know, cathartic experience and, uh, you know, seeing the, you know, if they're demons, they're demons, or if they're gods, they're gods, or, you know, if I become with, one with the universe and, and experience stillness, as some people had described, then then I'm going to do that, but it's going to be something tonight. And, uh, and it was something for sure. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I laid there and it started to come on. And I, and at one point I remember thinking, uh, Oh, this is like MDMA with visuals like this. I have this nice, good feeling and everything feels light and happy. Uh, but I've got a little slideshow in front of me and then it got a little more intense and then the slideshow got more intense and more intense. <laughs> and, and at one point, um, no, I described to most people like it was 90% awesome and 10% frightening. And the 10% that was frightening was me starting to think, okay, it's getting stronger, it's getting stronger. And, you know, I was laying down, reclined back, and I started to feel almost like my body was being pushed down and my, my shoulder was being pushed down by something. And I remember turning my head a little bit and opening up my mouth, almost like I was going to yell out, but I wasn't really going to yell out. Um, my eyes were tearing and I was yawning and I started to think, God, I took too much. And I, and I really did it this time. And then I started to think about the people back home that would be uh, confused or disappointed or would mock me for doing something like this. And I, and it was not a great feeling. And I, and I think I was fighting it for a little while. And maybe that's, that was the whole thing going on with my shoulder and my body. I was almost like, am I cramping or what is this? Um, and, then I remembered, you know, all the things like just let it go, just be still. It's it, it's something you have to take. It's something you have to go through. And and so I kind of just relaxed a little bit, and I let it go through, and I let it do its thing. And eventually, you know, as we always do, I opened my eyes and thought, okay, that was great. It's over, and that was fun. And now, you know, I looked up at the sky, and instead of being scared of anything, it was like just beautiful. The stars were there. The trees looked amazing. Um, you know, I looked around at the people that were in the field and the fire was kicking and it was just like, it was just the most serene, peaceful thing. Now, standing was a little bit of a challenge. You know, I, I stood up and I was like, all right, let me try to walk to go to the bathroom. So I, it, it took me a little while to kind of get 
come back into earth and i remember seeing you after and you're like so how was it and i'm like i'm not quite sure yet i'll let you know when i think about it more <laughs> um so you know we did have the next day to think about it and and uh yeah and and i remember that afternoon so i guess that was what wednesday afternoon uh i took a walk just feeling really good and and wanted to just kind of walk around and uh and get loose and i remember thinking about you know what what was it that i experienced and if i had to describe it to somebody i'd say like okay you know when you go on social media and you check out instagram or facebook or something and somebody posts something or other about you know how to be inspired in life and you know you only live once and and stuff like that be the change you want to see whatever it is um and you think okay yeah that's that makes sense to me like that's that's what i want to do that's kind of what i was feeling but you know i was like if i had to tell somebody now imagine you take psychedelics and or at least mushrooms from my new experience imagine you take mushrooms and you wake up and now instead of needing to get it from instagram or twitter you just feel that in your heart and yeah imagine feeling it and not having to read it on social media it was amazing you know i thought like i, I you know i'm going to change and 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 i'm going to do all the things that i i think i could be doing and i'm going to break old habits and i'm not going to be stuck anymore and i'm not going to look back at my life and and be sad and frustrated and angry and you know instead it's it's all gratitude and love for the people in my life and and you know gratitude for the things that i've done and um and yeah it was really just that that was that was the most incredible feeling to to you know to wake up and feel it and not think okay i've got to achieve that today mm -hmm. right you just yeah. feel it yeah it's already there yeah it was amazing so yeah that's why and well the other thing that i think i said to you the other day which was cool and i'm, I'm going to try to remember that was there was a part of me that thinks, okay, you'll go and do this thing and you'll take these steps forward and you'll, you'll grow into a bigger, better man. And I kind of laughed at that because I thought I actually, if anything, I, I probably took a step backwards 20 years and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's more like, you know, now I feel like the 20, the 20, how old am I? So I feel like the 20, 22 year old me again you know, like full of excitement, you know, belief, truly believing that the best is yet to come for me, that everything is going to be fine, mm -hmm. um, better than fine. And, uh, and so that's, yeah, that's kind of my biggest takeaway. It's like, it's like I'm 20 again. Yeah, I can identify with that. It really does seem to peel some years off and the optimism as well, that kind of youthful yeah. optimism. Yeah, I yeah. totally, I totally get that. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of like implement that you mm -hmm. know when i get back home and even though i'm going back to the same old routines and you know the job that that you know i'm pretty sure i want to get away from that's okay it's it, it, it you can't snap your fingers and change it but i know that with this in my heart like it's going to be so much easier to work on right yeah. right and it will be easier to make the changes yeah as well you yeah. know they they won't like you said happen immediately some of them um but you can make those steps that initiate the longer term change that helps yeah you live a more fulfilled life what about the the, la the last dose uh how, how oh yeah right right um so yeah the last the more i thought about it thursday i was like okay that little bit that was frightening is not something I, I i just don't think i need to experience that again i i suddenly i think i realized i'm i'm satisfied with i'm satisfied that i got what i came down here for and 
I didn't want to push myself into that scary place, even though it was for such a brief time, um, because I just thought that everything was perfect now. And I just, I, I want to like keep it a little bit lighter and be goofy and have fun. So, so, uh, you know, I dialed back the dose a little bit and, um, and it was a blast. I mean, I sat in the chair for a little while, not far from the fire. I took a new spot this time and, uh, I was listening to my music, but I wasn't, you know, dead set on visuals and, and, you know, hearing every layer of the music. I just was there to enjoy myself and I felt joy. I actually cried a little bit, um, because there was a song lyric. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's something about this being a perfect night and it like, it made me tear up a little bit. And then I, and then I got to thinking like, well, I never let myself cry. And then I cried a little bit more because of that. But, but it wasn't like a burden. It wasn't burdensome tears. It was like more like tears of jaw, joy and awe. And, and I think at that point I kind of got up and I knew some people had gone down to the beach. So I, I tried to get myself involved in the, the beach experience, which, uh, you took me with a couple of the others. And then we went down there and hung out and that was just incredible because that was light and there was so much laughter mm-hmm. and everybody was having a blast. The sky looked amazing. We saw shooting stars. We saw a lighthouse in the distance. Um, and we just kind of hung there and sat in the sand and, told jokes sometimes and sometimes we sat there in contemplative silence and and it was awesome so what do you what kind of value do you think that experience can have into the future yeah i so i i think i can very easily teach myself or coach myself into taking things a little less serious all seriously all the time Mm -hmm. um be open to the be open to new ideas um the lessons will come Take more mushrooms. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's a pretty obvious one. Um, yeah, I've been kind of picking your brain. <laughs> been picking your brain about ideas uh, or kind of like what I need to think about in terms of maybe growing my own if I were to do that. And uh, yeah, I just uh, I, I, I it, it's which I only recommend doing in a legal setting. Of course, of course, only always. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's the openness. It's really, I, I really, I wrote down a few things that I wanted to accomplish when I was on my way here. And if I looked at them now, I would say I could check every one of these boxes. But really, the important thing was opening my mind to new beginnings. And and, and, yes. and that is done. It would be impossible for me to sit here and tell you all the ways I think that is possible or all the things mm-hmm. I'm going to do differently now because they're just too many. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm excited. I, 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 you know, I can't wait to get back. It's even like just like you said about your your father, right? Like the, how our minds tend to calcify to new ideas, and this is such an effective tool at just breaking away those those layers of getting the, of grime, and you yeah. know, really being open to new ideas. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I've talked to you on more than one occasion specifically about. Uh, my professional life and how I wanted to to change something about that and just doing something every day for 20 years or Mm -hmm. I should say kind of being in the same environment Mm -hmm. around the same types of people all trying to do the same thing which the more I thought about it isn't really that meaningful Mm -hmm. you know I knew that this is not a way that I want to spend the rest of my life and, Mm -hmm. and I just 
you know, I said to somebody before I came, they're like, well, you know, you quit drinking. Like, well, this is, are you depressed or was this? And I said, no, it's not as much a thing where I'm depressed. Like, well, just the same way it can help people quit drinking. I wanted to quit being an idiot about my job. I wanted to quit mm-hmm. obsessing over finances, obsessing over status. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in a way I was trying to quit something. That was it. Quit the ego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get rid of that thing, man. It's <laughs> well, not doing me any good. It's a hell. It can be a very helpful tool. You know, I, I kind of get annoyed with all the uh, squash the ego, the ego death. Like, if it wasn't for the ego, then I couldn't put on a podcast and have a little <laughs> playful personality in the midst of it, too. True. You know, or even yeah. these retreats, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I think it's it has more to do with how we use our ego, um, or if we, you know, allow it to run away with itself. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, so, so what might you? hope for uh psilocybin as we look to it becoming an acceptable therapy or a therapeutic adjunct in the states yeah i mean well first of all uh, my my hope is that uh, there's enough press getting around and there's enough positivity around the things you're doing here and more people are putting the word out that you know there the state we all know that there's a stigma attached mm-hmm. to this right and mm-hmm. a lot of us uh know why that exists uh, and a lot of it has to do with the politics of the late 60s and early 70s but the more people talk about this the more young people say okay well i know somebody who did that and i know somebody who changed in a hugely positive way the more people that are going to say well maybe it's something we need to explore and you know I, like i didn't even tell all of there are very few family and friends that I told what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I can count them on one hand um, because I thought, geez, I, you know, I've done a lot in my life and I'm old enough. I'm a big boy now. I, I shouldn't have to worry too much, but I also don't want people to worry about me because they're going to say, oh, my God, he needs right. help. He's so depressed or he, there's something wrong with him. And so I avoided it. Of course, after the first dose, I thought, I don't really care what anybody thinks because, if anything, I want them to ask me about it so I can tell them. You don't, you know, you don't have to be at, you know, your wit's end or, or, or totally down in the dumps or, you know, putting a needle in your arm or something. It can help for that, too. But it can just be for somebody who wants a change in life, wants to take that next step or wants to improve. And so, Absolutely. yeah, I just I, I hope there's more awareness. And I think it's happening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, of course, the majority of that attention is um, put on people with PTSD or treatment resistant depression you know, crippling anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. But what you're saying is so true. Just your average individual who yeah. has a moderately healthy state of mind can benefit from this. Yeah. And it, it would be unfortunate if these therapies are only accessible to people who are in some kind of extreme suffering because they are so applicable across so many populations. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if let's imagine, you know, in a not too distant future, we're lucky enough to see a, a, a time where uh, psychedelics are more widely accepted, right? But does that mean an individual is going to have to go see a doctor and there's going to have to be an official assessment? I who knows what it's going to look like? But, you know, as you said, I my hope is that not only is it widely ac- accepted, but that it's widely available. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah. So if you were, uh, you get, you're going to, psilocybin has just become legal it's widely available to anyone and everyone and michael gets to put up a billboard across the 
great country of the United States of America helping to convince people what psilocybin can do for them, what would your billboard say? Okay, so I sat there and thought about this. I had a few. Well, the first idea that popped into my head was breaking barriers. But then I thought, I don't know. I don't know if I like the word breaking um, because I think it maybe has a negative connotation to Mm -hmm. it. You know, people. People don't always really think about what they're seeing. They might just see it and then that word breaking if it's next to a bunch of mushrooms or something. I don't know if that's great, right? So then I thought open new pathways and I thought, oh, I don't know. Does that sound a little too cliche? Is that is that going to turn off some skeptics who think like, oh, that's some weirdo hippie shit, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, I arrived at you don't have to suffer. Uh, and I think it's intriguing enough because suffer is a word that if you've got an ounce of compassion in your heart you'll see that word and you'll think and i think almost everybody knows someone in their life at least one person i I think you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who doesn't know anyone who is suffering right some Um, anguish yeah some sort of anguish whether it's addiction whether it's depression whether it's you know kind of just a stuck feeling in life um so i think that would probably get people's attention and and then you know i think maybe in smaller print you have some sort of searchable term that you know, the person who looks at that and thinks, what, what is that all about? You know, mm-hmm. then they can go to the Google machine and put it in and, and check it out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's my answer. You don't have to suffer. Yeah, great. No, and, and we, we shouldn't, right? We shouldn't. We, we shouldn't have to suffer anyway. I mean, right now, the legal system being what it is, we've got people that are suffering the consequences of the laws of having cannabis and mushrooms and natural remedies, uh, Schedule 1. So... We certainly should not have to suffer, and these plants uh, really do such an amazing job at helping to lift that suffering uh, that hopefully within our lifetimes we'll see that change. And uh, as I always do, or well, often do, I want to thank you for not just being on this podcast but coming on this retreat because you taking that leap and helping to keep this thing going, being a part of this thing, is helping to make it more acceptable and approachable to a broader population. So thank you very much. Yeah. Well, thank you for putting this all together and for doing the work that you do. It's obviously incredibly important. I feel incredibly passionate about it now. And save me a spot because I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll look forward to seeing you Awesome, here. man. Thank all you. Right. Thanks, Michael. All right, buddy. You don't have to suffer. Psilocybin. Good one, Mike. Michael, my listeners, myself. We don't have to suffer. We can make the changes that we want to see in ourselves. But we need reminders of this. Oh my goodness, do we ever. And psilocybin is an excellent reminder. Just think of all the places that we suffer and ways in which we suffer. Our body, our minds, our emotional centers. Of course, most of it is from want. uh, So therefore, much of our suffering can be alleviated by changing our perspectives Uh, But often these sufferings come from choices that we've made. For some reason, humans, the only animal that we know of with the capacity to contemplate the distant future, tend to use this ability to worry rather than plan. We will consume vast quantities of alcohol to forget our worries, which are future-oriented, and not be able to conceive of the potential health and financial implications of these actions. Of course, being mindful of our health and wealth is exactly What will help us be less worried in the future? (laughs) Ah, Such funny creatures we are. You know, Michael's choice in Tripmate really hit home for me. 
my father and I wouldn't have what I would call a close relationship. I mean, we're cool and all, uh, but we just kind of tolerate each other, you know? The inborn level of openness that I grew with uh, was always a bit disturbing, I think, to him and, quite honestly, to many folks of Springfield, Kentucky, where I grew up. Uh, There were seemed to be, (laughs) and maybe still are, rumors floating around about my sexuality uh, or my gender or my just mental state. Anyway, now that I am not only a psilocybin advocate, but a public administrator, uh, particularly after my little legal run-ins here in the States, let's just say that my father and much of my family are not hugely supportive of this work. Um, But like Michael, I have often thought about dosing with my dad. I'm certain that it would help us bond and be more open to each other. The bonding that we see between complete strangers on retreats is amazing, not to mention that of family members or friends who come on the retreat together. And, Dad, if you could relax into it and be open to the lessons, I know how much it would benefit you. Your emotional processing, self-reflection, social empathy, ecological awareness. Don't get me wrong, folks. My dad is a loving father. He loves in the ways that he knows how. Uh, But again, when our perspective is limited, well, our perspective is limited. With mushrooms, I've come to understand more about his perspective or at least have compassion for it. And at the same time, for my own children, I found that growing as well. I have witnessed and have been one of the fathers who have wept over relationships with children after or during a psilocybin experience. Parenthood's tough. Childhood's tough. Nobody knows what they're doing. Not the parents, not the kids. (laughs) Exemplified before us are some of the most unhealthy coping mechanisms, so we grow where we're planted. Fortunately, life is a symbiosis, uh, a partnership, and we aren't islands in a stream. (laughs) Uh, This meatbag here needs nuts and fruits and vegetables and fungi and all sorts of things to keep it running. We don't have to concede ourselves to being merely a product of the environment. We can have outside influence, supplements, if you will, which is one of the ways I see psilocybin, a neuropsycho-spiritual supplement. As I mentioned to Mike in the interview, men of our father's generation often portray the tough guy attitude. I do it too. I find myself unwilling to take assistance at times. Same thing. We all need help. We all need supplements. I have most definitely been stubborn, obstinate, cold towards my children, especially my oldest, at times, not always. Good Lord, that oldest kid, I tell you, always the guinea pig, huh? (laughs) I am enormously thankful for the assistance that psilocybin has been in helping me break, inherit, and learn behavior patterns towards my children, towards my wife, towards my extended family, towards people that I just see walking down the street. Times when I've been around my children after a psilocybin experience, oh, 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 my love for them, my connection to them, it's so deep, so strong. It has impacted the way that I interact with them in nothing but positive ways, which is why we offer a psychedelic families retreat at Michael Meditations. That's been every June so far. Uh, this one, June 19, is filled up. Uh, we have 
seen. And we know that psilocybin is good for family connections, for family therapy. I look forward to the progress of this particular retreat over the years. It's uh, it's nothing new, though. You know that, right? Traditional psychedelic societies like the Mazatec, <laughs> which, you know, this is the one that still exists, but there have been many, 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 many societies like the Mazatec who consumed psilocybin as a part of their ongoing family and communal development. I personally think that's a big, a big part of what we're missing from our modern culture is the consistent group psychedelic experience. What a, what an amazing thing to build community. Yeah. So this will be the second family retreat. Uh, we're working with family therapist, Brooke Novick. She's been down a couple times, uh, working with us and has always been great. Uh, she's got a very calming, soothing nature, listens and cares just really intently. And you know, where that just, I'm just so grateful for our team. I'm so grateful for the outstanding team that we have and continue to build at Michael Meditations. So massive respect to Brooke uh, and to all the psychedelic families out there. Also to the rest of the team, Michael Meditations, you all are doing great work. I'm really proud of you all. We're, we're helping to heal the people of this planet. It's true. It's, it's a reality. One dose at a time, folks. One dose at a time. So uh, it is such an honor and such a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode. With that, I will just sign off, stop rambling. Uh, just let me say thank you again for joining Michael and I on the Psilocybin Chronicles. May all of your journeys, both in and out, be safe and rewarding. <laughs>